Welcome to another edition of the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. We're just at the beginning of 2023 here, and you might be wondering whether you should be taking a fixed or variable rate. Very special guest Conrad Neufeld is going to explain it all for us and how you can best position yourself to take advantage of today's rate environment. Hope you enjoy. This is the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast, the show that highlights Saskatchewan real estate. Looking to buy your first house, your next investment property? Subscribe to never miss an episode. Here's your host, Ron Caroni. Hello and welcome back to the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Caroni, and this week, a special guest to help us answer the age-old question of going fixed or variable. We have Conrad Neufeld here, an award-winning mortgage broker and successful YouTube channel host. Conrad, thanks so much for joining us here today. Thanks for having me. Uh, I know I gave a, a little intro there, but just briefly expand upon your, your history in the industry and, uh, and kind of your expertise on the subject here. Um, well, I've been a broker for, for 10 years. I've done many, many, many files. I've done enough to have seen a lot of things, but like you always say, there's always something you can learn. So there's, I, I've done enough to see a lot of things, but not at all. <laughs> of course, there's always something hiding under that rock where you're like, I've oh, seen yeah. other things, but not this exact thing before. Exactly. So uh, at the time of recording, we're just at the beginning of February 2023, a wildly different environment from last year. When we look at 2022, it was a very interesting year for mortgage brokers and interest rates. But before we kind of get into, um, you know, whether people should be going or what they should be looking at specifically as we head into 2023, let's kind of go over the differences between the two products. And I guess there's kind of three to be quite specific, Conrad. So let's touch on fixed rates and kind of what they are and comparing them to variable and adjustable rate mortgages. So yeah, so fixed, variable and adjustable rate, those are the three, right? Um, so with fixed rates, they are exactly what, what it sounds like. You have a fixed mortgage rate and a fixed payment and nothing changes whether things go up or down, your, your contract is locked, nothing changes. So that's, that's pretty simple. On the other side of the spectrum, you have the complete antithesis of that, which is the adjustable rate mortgage, also known as, as an ARM. This is what traditionally people would think of as a variable rate. And so the adjustable rate mortgages that as the Bank of Canada adjusts their rate and in turn the, the banks change their prime rates, um, that, inf that impacts your rate and as a consequence, also your payment. So as interest rates go up, so too does your payments. As interest rates go down, so too does your payments. <clears throat> kind of in the middle, but still closer to that adjustable, adjustable rate standpoint. Point, uh, you have something called a static variable. Uh, that's where your payments will stay the same even as interest rates go up or down. So the thing that changes here is every time you make a mortgage payment, it's comprised of two parts interest, which is the nice expensive thank you we give to the bank every month, and then principal, which is actually paying down your loan. So as interest rates change, as, as they go up, the portion of your payment, because your payment stays the same in a static variable, the portion of your payment that goes towards paying off interest. Um, decreases because you're, you're, more of that payment is now interest as interest rates go up and less of it goes towards principal. And the inverse is true as interest rates go down. So that's why when you saw a lot of these people or a lot of the news most recently uh, with them uh, or with like, um, oh, I'm blanking on the word right now, uh, target rates, not target rates, trigger. what's the rate? Trigger rates, yeah, trigger rates and trigger points. That's because as interest rates were, were increasing, 
um, more of that payment was was becoming interest at the point where perhaps your payment didn't cover the, the whole interest portion at all, forcing you into making additional payments to, to recoup that. Right. At a certain point, your amortization start, stops to be what the original amount was going to be, and you need to start adding more money onto the mortgage in order to cover the cost. Yeah, actually, it, it, they, they allowed them to go to 40 years. So it, they allowed them to go even oh, past wow. where their original amortizations were. Very interesting. So when looking at these different products, tell us why a consumer might be looking at taking each one of these. Let's, let's go through some of the benefits of the fixed, of the variable, and of the static variable. It's actually a really good phrasing of that question. Um, typically, variable rates end up being uh, a lower price or lower rate than fixed rate mortgages. So the way that I usually tell my clients how, uh, how to perceive fixed versus variable is fixed are when you want stability, but understand that historically you're paying a premium for that stability. So yes, you have a higher rate. Yes, you may forego future interest rate savings if rates go down etc. Um, but you know what you're getting into. The, the, the bed that you're making is you want stability. You don't want an exciting financial, <laughs> exciting financial future because sometimes exciting isn't a good thing like we saw in the last couple of years here. Um, but that's what you're paying for is that stability. Conversely, if you're going for, for more of a variable rate, you're fine with the swings or at least you have more of um, a solid economic uh, like financial position. And so you're fine with the swings and you're like, yeah, let's gamble a bit. Let's, let's, let's try to predict what the future might look like and try to make some assumptions um, as, to, as to how we can uh, you know, game the system, perhaps make even more interest uh, savings by, by going with the variable rate. But of course, you know, that's, that's a two-edged sword. You could also end up you know, paying more too. Absolutely. And that's kind of what we saw over that last year. Anyone who did take a variable, especially at the beginning of the year, it did not pay off. As you know, looking back, the Bank of Canada, much more aggressive than we thought they would be on the on the inflation target. And, and we saw major increases in that variable rate. And so that's the other side of that sword that you're that you're touching on there. And so let's bring it. I know we kind of touching on a little bit of the negatives there, but let's touch on the negatives of both fixed and the variable rates as well, Conrad. So the big negative, I mean, as as, as far as negatives would go for the fixed is the penalties. And so you have to be you have to be damn sure, uh, you know, when you sign a fixed rate mortgage that you're intending to stay in, in this place for you know at least three, four, five years, right? Because if you sign a five-year fixed, your penalty, if you try to break it, you know, after one year is going to be quite large compared to, say, a variable rate, uh, a variable rate mortgage. Variable rates, and as, as you would, we just talked about, you know, the big con there is, is you might get squeezed with a rapidly rising rate environment. And so if you predict wrong, right, like a lot of people did, because I think more Canadians than literally any other point in Canadian history went the variable rate route in 2020 and 2021, literally missing out on, on the biggest opportunity to lock in historically low rates. They made a gamble and it was the wrong one, right? And it's a lot of people got squeezed. There hasn't been a dramatic rise in, in, in missed payments and delinquencies, uh, but I think Canadians are starting to feel that, that pressure, right? So right. that would be the con is, you know, you tried to go for bigger bucks and now you're, you're out more than if you had just locked it in. 
So when we touch on the, the fixed rate and we say breaking the mortgage panel or breaking the mortgage contract, what are some events that might take place? Because someone is listening to this and say, well, I don't plan on going to the bank and tearing up my contract. Like that's not what I'm going to do. But that's not what that looks like. Can you just take us through a few examples of what it would look like to break your mortgage contract? Man, that would be way, way more fun to go to the bank and be like, Shh, you're yeah. done with that now. Yeah, uh, that, would, <laughs> that would be really fun. But yeah, that's not how it works. Uh, the number one reason why people uh, break their mortgage is because they are, you know, selling their place, getting rid of that mortgage contract and, and buying a new place. And one of the things that we had done to prevent that, you know, in the, in the last couple of years is we built a porting feature into a lot of the mortgages so that when they would move, they could actually take the lower rate that they had locked in with them. Not everybody has that. Not everybody um, knew to use that. Not everybody had a fixed product, obviously, um, for a lot of Canadians. So um, when you move, you sell your place or you sell your, your place and you, you tear up that contract, you, you get rid of the contract, so to speak, and then you move. That's the number one. Number two is actually divorce. From our experience, at least, I don't know what the national stats on that, but divorces tend to be a, a quite high ranking reason why someone might be um, liquidating a mortgage. Because generally, um, the house that they're, the, the marital home that's being divided, it, it is common to try to keep the house. It is the financing usually looks quite different though once that happens, once there's that split. Absolutely. And you know, what I kind of go through clients with is five years is a really long time. And just as we see what we've gone over the last five years, if we look at five years ago, in the middle of that, we dealt with a two-year pandemic where literally everything shifted. And whether that be your job or your ability to do oh, things, yeah. there was some massive changes. And so when you're future predicting and you say, how is life going to look in five years? It, it is really hard, even if you are very stable in your position and your marriage, kids are doing well. It's always hard to look past that that five years and say, what is my life going to look like over the next five years? Incredibly hard. I can't even tell you what my next month looks like, let alone five years from now. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. So I, I did want to kind of uh, elaborate a little bit more on, on IRDs, Conrad. And, and mm -hmm. this is one of these ones where even mortgage professionals have a hard time of explaining it because yes, they the, it's not black and white on the outset, exactly how it's calculated, whether it be at the bank, whether you're going to a monoline lender, and you know, depending on when you break your mortgage and how much rates have come down, will make a big impact on ultimately what the IRD will be. But can you take us through interest rate differential penalties and some of the big factors that go into it and why it can be one of the biggest decisions you have to factor your mortgage uh, product around? Yeah. So you know, once again, good, good, really good phrasing of that question. So the, uh, the IRD, the interest rate differential is actually calculated a, a multitude of ways. And so just for the purposes of this discussion, I'm going to batch them into, into similar concepts. And then that way um, people can get a pretty good grasp on, on how it works. So <clears throat> the interest rate differential is exactly what it sounds like. It's the difference in your interest rate. It's an interest rate differential. And so the way to think about it is when you go into your bank, um, they'll have a posted rate. And those posted rates are, are a really good way for the banks to compare apples to oranges, right? So that they can compare the car loans, the student loans, the visas, the lines of credit, the posted rate. But of course, if you walk in and you and you try to go for a posted rate, you're, it's going to be a junk rate. Like they're, they're significantly higher. Of course, the banks are going to tell you, oh, man, we love you way too much, John and Susie. We could never give you the, the, the posted rate. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to give you this much lower rate. <clears throat> 
And so people walk away going, man, I, I am a master negotiator. Look at me go, look at this new rate I got compared to their posted rate. I'm so good, right? But the problem is, is that when you fast forward in time and you go to break that mortgage contract, the banks go, oh, shucks, John and Susie, man, remember when we were such good friends to you and we gave you this lower, this lower rate? Well, now it's time to be good friends to us. And so one of the factors that they factor in is, not what rate that they gave you, but what rate they quote unquote should have given you that posted rate. And so that difference, let's say it's 2% now gets applied every single year. So if you have four years left, you know, 2% of your mortgage balance times every year that you have left, it can add up to, to quite a bit. The calculation actually goes a little bit further. They say, well, you know, interest rates have changed. And, uh, and so let's say in the event that interest rates go down, which is possible in the next year or so, then what happens is they say, well, it's not just the interest rate that we gave you that we're going to compare it. So it's what we could have given you, what you actually got, but they're going to say, well, we are actually going to compare it to what the existing market is right now. So, oh, you have four years left. Well, let's take a look at what the four-year looks like. And the four-year happens to be even, even lower than the five-year that you got in some cases, not currently, but in some cases. So then what happens is not only is it, well, what they should have given you, but it's, and, and it's not the difference between what they should have given you and what you have, it's the difference between what they should have given you and what they potentially could give you now. And also that gap gets so much larger. And that's where a lot of these egregious penalties come in. So at the height of the pandemic, you know, to really put it in perspective, you know, the largest penalty that we ever saw, it was never a mortgage that we had written, but it's someone had re reached out to us asking how, to, how the hell to get out of it, but it was a $97,000 penalty, right? And this is a big bank penalty calculation. And unfortunately for him, it cost him his dream job because he literally could not afford the penalty to break his mortgage in order to move to another province to take advantage of that dream job. And so, you know, it's not just that these penalties can be large. That's, that's an understatement. They can be like soul crushingly large. Contrast that to mono lines. So a mono line, mono one line. So they're mortgage only lenders. They don't do visas, lines of credit, student loans. They don't do those kind of things. As a result, that the, the mono line lenders don't have a posted product. All they have is a contract rate. So that the rate that they quote unquote should have given you doesn't exist, at least for most mono, mono line lenders. There, there are some um, iterations of that, which don't make that precisely true. There are some lenders that have some, um, some variances to that, but for the most part, that is true. So what they're really comparing is the rate that you had uh, minus the current rate for an, a similar term. So if you have three years left, they're gonna compare it to the three-year rate if it's four years. And so what can happen is in a rising rate environment, and I had actually done a video on this, in a rising rate environment, as, as uh, rates go up, the banks effectively are saying, well, man, give us our money back because we, if you give us the 2% money back that we gave you, we can actually go out and loan it for 5% now. So yeah, we're going to make it really cost effective for you to get out, right? You're going to pay your three months interest and you actually, you, you walk away and it's three months interest based on your contract rate. Um, conversely, if you're on a variable rate and this shocked, I think a lot of mortgage brokers when they saw my video, um, if you're in a variable rate, as rates rise, your penalties actually increase because it's all based on the current rates. And so there is a point where variable rates in, in the last environment that we saw are actually higher penalties than the fixed rates because the IRD is negated because interest rates go up. Right Now on the flip side, if you have a new environment where interest rates start to come down and it's possible that we're going to enter that environment, you're going to see the inverse of that, where as rates go down, the penalty to break your variable rate mortgage is going to decrease. And as rates go down, your fixed rates significantly increases, right? The fixed rate penalty significantly increases. So you got to be really, really, really careful when you're signing that IRD 
because the way the contract, those fixed rate contracts work is there's typically two penalties. Sometimes they, there's three or four different calculations that they can throw in like admin fees, et cetera, but we won't cover that. Um, there's two main penalties. It's three months interest, which is exactly what we talked about, that interest portion of your payment times three, so that's easy. But then in those fixed rate contracts, the wording is, and it's the three magic words that make them the most money ever, whichever is greatest. So right. it's great to know that you have a three month interest in there. And, and I hope that that's all you'll ever have to pay, but most likely you're gonna have to pay the IRD in most cases. So you better know how that's calculated. So as we're moving into 2023, Conrad, and we're kind of forward looking and someone is watching this and they're currently in the market for a mortgage and they're saying, okay, I kind of get it. Interest rates, variables are going to have a, a lower penalty, which is the three month interest, but I have to watch out for, for rising rate environment. And someone who's taking a fixed rate, now they're really scared of incurring that interest rate differential penalty. You know, looking forward, and maybe we'll say not even full 2023 because just as five years is a long time, a year can be a long time as well. In the short term, is there any advice that you would be giving to someone who is currently looking to, to get a mortgage? And let's say that I, I, I'm thinking that I'm fairly stable in my environment and I got a pretty good job and I'm going to be there for a little while. What would you say to someone? Okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to answer that twice. The first is to say that there is no one size fits all. Right. And so your situation might differ from someone else's situation. Like if you go back and you look at 2020 and 2021, we had more Canadians than literally ever, ever before, like I had said, go through the variable routes. Obviously, they missed a ton of interest rate savings. If you look at my portfolio, though, you know, we had 98%, I think it was 98 or 99% of our clients <clears throat> go the fixed route. We locked in some pretty long terms, in fact. And of course, we looked like heroes because we had predicted that rates were going to go up. And there's like I said, or uh, there's, you know, videos that I had posted in 2020 and 2021 showing that rates were going to go up. So that's awesome. And yet, even though it was the obvious time to lock in a lot of rates, we still had a few that did not, right? And because their life situation or their life circumstances dictated that even if we, we were bang on and rates, you know, skyrocketed, which they did, they still, it still made sense for them to go variable with their life circumstances. So no, there's no one size fits all. But that being said, there are general themes that do influence what a majority of most people will find themselves in. And there's little nuances because even if you go with a five-year fixed, you might get a very different five-year fixed than say somebody else. But so right now we have a very, very interesting economic environment, right? So on, on the one hand, you've got variable rates that are you know, not all-time highs, but for, the, for, for most people, they're at all-time highs, right? You, you're in dealing with an entire generation that has never dealt with rates this high, right? And they have no idea what to do with them. And so you've got these, you've got these variable rates that right now are sitting at, you know, over 6% if you're looking at a static variable and just under 6% if you're looking for, uh, for an adjustable rate mortgage. So we're in an economic environment where you actually pay a premium for the instability. And I, and I honestly think that is a, I'm not going to say a dumb bet. I think it's a bad bet. Um, because what you're hoping for in that case is you're paying a premium, you're starting at this much, much higher rate, and you're hoping that rates come essentially crashing down so fast that it outweighs the, outweighs the gap between where the five-year fixed are at right now and where the variable rates are at right now. You know, penalties be damned, right? And so you're really hoping that, that this thing comes crashing down. <clears throat> and while that's not necessarily not going to happen, 
my most favorite question that I always ask, and I'm, I'm well known for this question. I always ask, what if I'm wrong? Because, you know, it's great that we can forecast. It's great that we can make predictions. But if your entire strategy relies on you predicting the future, it is a shit strategy. That is, that, that's a gamble. That's not a strategy, right? And so if, if you ask that question and you go variable, well, what if I'm wrong? Well, what if rates don't go down? What if instead they actually go up, right? So now not only do you start at a premium, but now as rates go up, you're even more worse off than you, than you originally were. You actually went the wrong way, right? <clears throat> So for that reason, I think the variable rates aren't a good fit right now. And I, and I don't think it should be a recommendation that most people should be making. So that being said, though, you go to the flip side of that and you're like, wow, what about five years or longer? Well, that's where things get a little bit tricky, too, because right now, if you follow the bond markets, you follow the pricing of fixed five year fixed rates, they're actually quite low there. They're, it hasn't been this low for like six, seven months as far as like the five year fixed rates are concerned. And so you might be tempted to say, well, the five year fixed makes a lot of sense. And, and while that may be true, you know, we talked about the penalties earlier and stuff like that. Um, you know, we're in an economic environment where, you know, we might enter a recessionary, we might enter a recessionary environment. There's a lot of recessionary pressures. There's a lot of economists trying to predict or, or call for a recession to say that that one is coming. And so if we enter into that kind of environment and rates come down, let's say, you know, 20, end of 2023, 2024, and you're at a five-year fixed, well, if rates go down below, where you would lock them in, you kind of missed out on an opportunity to lock in those lower rates. I mean, we might see three and a half percent again. So do you really want to lock in four and a half? Right. And of course, to take advantage of those, <coughs> to take advantage of those lower rates, you're going to have to pay a penalty and everything else. So got to be pretty cautious on that. So then some might say, well, if that's the case, Conrad, and we're going to go and, and have a recessionary environment and rates are going to come down, why not go away with the one or a two year fix? And that's actually not a bad thought except we live in an economic environment that is unlike one that I've seen in my lifetime, right? And we, we're dealing right now with something called an inverted yield curve. So traditionally, short-term money is more uh, or is more cost-effective than long-term money. You want a one-year fixed, but you're going to get a lower rate than, say, a five-year fixed. And that, that longer-term hedging, there's a premium for it. But this is like one of very few times in Canadian history where the inverse is true. You know, the one and the two year fixed are sitting at like 6% right now, whereas, whereas the five year is like four and a half, right? And so you've got this big gap because it's it, the, the curve is inverted, the yield curve is inverted, they're all predicting a recession, right? And that's what that inverted yield curve truly means is that they're predicting some kind of downward pressure on rates in the future. So do you really want to pay a premium to get a one and a two year? Yeah, you you don't have the the um the the negativity of the of the variable rate in terms of you know being at risk of of you know ballooning rates but i mean you're you're still paying a premium and then if you get it wrong well in two years you're 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 cooked anyway so the truth is probably somewhere in between there and so right now our current recommendation is the three year fixed it's at a bit of a premium to the five year, but still under 5%. So it's nowhere close to the premium you'd be paying for the one, the two, and the three. And as long as you go with a monoline calculation of the IRD, and I always joke that if you want to you want to be the life of a party, you just say that phrase, monoline calculation of the IRD, and you'll just be loved. But they, um, you, if, if you go with that, if like a three-year with the monoline version of the IRD, then what happens is you're not paying much of a premium. You have some stability in your payments in the event that you have to break your mortgage because the term is so much shorter. And once again, the monoline version of that IRD calculation is there. 
even if you get the timing wrong, <laughs> let's say it's 2025 where the, the, the rates bottom out, maybe it's 2024 that the rates bottom out. It doesn't require you to be entirely specific as to when it happens. The penalty to break it should still be, there should still be a cost advantage, I should say, to break that mortgage in order to lock in something longer term when the rates finally do bottom out. Because I think what we're really seeing right now is the start of a multiple rate cycle. And I, I would venture to guess that this inflation round that we saw was probably the sharpest that we'll see for quite some time, but not the only inflation cycle that we're going to see. And I bet you we're going to see probably two more. So that's, you know, embracing for the future. We want to make sure that once rates bottom out, that's the moment we lock in. To lock in now, yeah, you can do it. And that's not a wrong answer, um, but I don't know if it's the best one. Hmm. So well, it's clear. Lots of different factors that go into that. And I love that that opening that, you know, everyone's going to have a specific situation that works for them. And, you know, a lot of that also comes down to comfort level as well. If someone needs to know over the next five years exactly what their payment is going to be, you know, maybe they are going to take that risk of that length of time that I just want to know what that monthly payment is. But I, like you, think that the three-year fixed is a great product right now where you're not quite paying that premium for one or two but you're also not taking that long-term fixed rate in the environment that we're at. Just a few more minutes here, Conrad. I like to ask everyone on the podcast who comes on, if you could go back and give a younger version of yourself some advice, what would that advice be? Oh, get into real estate way sooner. Everybody needs houses. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I waited way too long. And, and would that be on the professional side or on the buying side? Both. Both, <laughs> yeah. you know, buy, buy sooner, invest sooner, work in it sooner. All of them. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I echo that a lot too. If I could go back to, to 17 year old Ron and I could tell him that buy a house while you're in college, rent out room, yeah. own that thing long-term, it'll do wonders. Oh yeah. Find a couple of buddies and get them to pay the rent, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Conrad, if someone wants a little bit more information from you, if they want to find your YouTube channel, how do they get in, in contact with you? Uh, well, you, you can actually just find me on YouTube. Just search Conrad Newfelt and I will be, I think, the only re real result. <laughs> I Usually, if I'm trying to look for it, I'll go Conrad Newfelt Mortgage and it will definitely pop up. At yeah, that. okay. There you go. <laughs> I really appreciate your videos, Conrad. I love that we're in the same market and I think you really do a great job of putting out really good quality content. So if anyone oh, thanks. hasn't done so yet, head over there and subscribe to Conrad. Uh, Conrad, thank you so much for sharing your, your valuable information. And I think there's a lot of value in here for someone who's in the mortgage market and, and going through this process. So I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. If you found value, do us a favor and hit the like button. If you're looking for more episodes just like this one, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button. I'm Ron Caroni, your Saskatchewan mortgage professional. Until next week, bye for now.